Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, it's Annie for Showreel. And uh, thanks very much for Val- to Valerie for Arts Express, which is all about theatre. But uh, now we move on to Showreel, which is all about Australian film. And uh, May is a very active time for various parts of the Australian film industry, especially in Melbourne. We've got uh, the St Kilda Film Festival has is on again. It's May the nineteenth. Is the it kicks off it, in it with its gala event down at uh, the Palais, and we're lucky enough to be uh, able to talk to the festival director, Paul Harris, who's going to give us a bit of a lowdown on what's going on this year. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good morning, Annie. I'm very good. Yeah. It's quite an exciting program that you've got for uh, the St Kilda Film Festival this year. I'm, I, I suppose you should just uh, give people a bit of a wrap-up about the general uh, what happens every year so that everybody feels yep. comfortable about what's going well, to happen uh, on May the 19th? Just, just to explain the, the, the background, St Kilda Film Festival was uh, founded in 1983 and it's, it's unusual, if you look at all the film festivals around the world, this is actually an initiative of local government. The, uh, the then St Kilda City Council uh, gave its support to uh, a very low-key event held over a weekend and gradually grew into... Uh, its present size. So this is a festival that's very much a publicly owned community event. It takes place in St Kilda, but it's also a national competition. So uh, we we play a 100 of what we call Australia's top short films out of a field of 600 submissions. And uh, it takes place over 10 days. There are cash prizes. But it's really it's the opportunity for filmmakers to show their work to the public and for the public to to see what's new and exciting in, in, in filmmaking trends. Is it true that you're the person who decides go, what goes into the 100 uh, best shorts? Yes, I have the, the, the power of life and death there, and it's a, it's a very onerous task because I have to watch 600 films. That's right. But it's... It's done in a very diligent fashion over many months. It doesn't just happen over a few weeks. And uh, we uh, one, one in six films gets in, but this means that five people maybe go away unhappy. But uh, uh, 
it also means for the, the audience a form of quality control. You can't run 600 films, you can't even run 200. The audience would just be exhausted. But by showing 100 films, you're seeing uh, the, the best of the lot and the, there's, there's a form of quality control there. I think I can safely say we haven't ever had a situation where we've knocked back a film and then it's gone to win at Cannes or, or somewhere else. But it is a fascinating job because you, you've got a ground... You know, you've got a, a front row seat for, for what's happening out there and uh, all the exciting trends. And this year, the big trend is everyone seems to be making documentaries. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, there's lots to be said, isn't there, for documentaries. Uh, people might think that documentaries are purely a, 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 um, a camera on to real life, which it is to a certain degree. But, of course, a story yes. has to be created. Yes, and this is very important for, for filmmakers who are just beginning and they become a bit despondent because they want to tell a story and they don't have a story and they don't really know how to tell a script and they don't know anything about working with actors. And my advice is go out and make a documentary. Go out and make a documentary about your family or neighbourhood. You might think it's very ordinary, but uh, audiences who don't know you might find it very exotic. And it's it's easier to chronicle and it's, it's first-hand experience, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. And it... Uh, entails uh, a great deal of the skills that you need to do a drama or a comedy or anything of that oh, sort. Yeah, it's definitely. the telling of the most story definitely. visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, uh, now we've established that you're the one who decides. Uh, uh, I noticed that uh, the 100 is a, is a great selling point because it's a bit like the top 100. Uh, there's this crossover between mediums, isn't there? A finesse, a, a sort of a sense yeah. of uh, 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 fine-tuning that's uh, between radio, film and uh, all other kinds of media data, really. Yes, yes. Well, I've got to be honest with you. One year we ran 200 films and the, and the yeah. quality was there. But this is exhausting for audiences. Um, it, 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 you know, it's to, impossible, You can't really. expect an audience to sit through that, that many films. And also for our judges, they died of exhaustion as well. Yeah, you'd have to have doctors on hand because there'd be... Um uh, deep, th- what is that? Deep uh, thingothrombosis or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, that people yes, get yes, from yes, long yes. flights. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> the malady that dares not speak its name. Name, exactly. <laughs> but that's the core. We, we don't expect audiences to come and see all the films. I mean, it's a bit like a smorgasbord. You, 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 you choose what you might be interested in and, and just take a dip in the water. Well, I'm actually quite impressed with the way it's curated. I mean, someone could sit there and. Uh, uh, there are something like fourteen sessions of uh, the yes. uh, hundred films, so yes, you know. And, uh, uh, it's not just filing in and out of sessions either, because we also have uh, every day there are forums and, and panels taking place, and they're all free of charge. And uh, with industry professionals, like for example, we've got Sue Maslin uh, coming in to conduct a panel, and she's the the producer of The Dressmaker, and I think she's a fantastic role model for women working in the film industry. But we also have lots of uh, people from uh, uh, private industry and also from the various, you know, the Editors Guild and the Cinematographer Society. Well, before you get onto that, Paul, before you get onto that, that's one of the things I really wanted to talk about. Uh, your uh, film festival, like you said, it started off small uh, in 1983, and it was yes. actually part of a whole push, wasn't it, uh, for people who were beginning to uh, re 
um, you yes. know, find their oats in filmmaking. Yes. Go well, on. A councillor, Mary Lou Gelbart, was very frustrated at the time because she knew people who were making films. And, uh, you know, in the 1980s, most films were being made on film. And it was very labour-intensive. You had to get government grants. But then when you made your film, uh, theatres wouldn't wouldn't show shorts. In fact, the one chain even had a policy, no more boring shorts. So consequently, uh, there was masterpieces were lying on shelves unseen. So it was out of a sense of let, let's give uh, filmmakers a, a showcase that St Kilda started up. And unlike other festivals, it was purely about short films and it was purely about Australian short films. And from the from the get-go, there was no problem finding the work because it, 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 it was out there, but it was not being not being shown. And so what I'm really getting at is that your festival continues to... Uh, uh, marry the audience and the filmmaker. It, it uh, wants to not only offer a prize because what, that's another thing for uh, filmmakers, yep. you know, actually getting uh, uh, recognition is yes. uh, getting people to come and see their film, getting some payback for their film, in, I mean, because they're not breatharians. And, um, yep. and also uh, uh, digging the garden, basically, fertilising the, the ongoing... Uh, nature of filmmaking. That's what you're doing, aren't yeah, you? We, we like to think of ourselves as talent incubators. So, in, in Well, there you go. You said it yeah. better than I. Well, no, but that, that, that's a pretty good analogy. And the, the other thing is that a lot of these filmmakers are on resuscitation, so we provide them with uh, oxygen. <laughs> because real, it, it, it's, the, it's the, the oxygen is the oxygen of public exposure. Because if you're making films, and it's very labour-intensive, collaborative medium, and it's, it's quite costly even though you can shoot digitally now the point is you want to know how you're connecting with your audiences and i can't think of a better forum than the st kilda film festival because you can go along you can watch your film with an audience and you can discover things oh they really like that scene i was going to put that out and uh, they thought that was funny that's meant to be a serious film and and and, and you discover uh aspects of your craft you may not have even been aware of because quite often filmmakers like lots of artists are very close to what they're doing and 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 they don't have the the opportunity to sort of stand apart from themselves and 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 find how their work plays with an audience and certainly at St Kilda you get that opportunity. Now the other thing of course too is that uh, despite the fact that you know I presume there's a relatively uh, high level of competition in a sense because you know people like to win but also, yes. the, the filmmaking community is actually quite generous and that's what's coming out in this particular festival because the fingerprints of professional uh, filmmakers are all over the forums and the workshops and the couch conversations that you, you're yeah, running. We certainly promote a spirit of camaraderie rather than competition. And I, I think that a lot of filmmakers who've had successful careers and uh, companies, they like to give a bit back to the industry. And I can't think of a better way than doing that than by promoting young filmmakers who, who, who are just starting out and finding their feet. And the other the other thing that John Flouse once said, that if you want to be an artist in the afternoon, you've got to be a business person in the morning. Yeah. And what he meant by that was it's not good enough just to, to make these films. You've got to go out... And, and promote them and, and distribute them and, and, and get them before audiences. 
Yeah, that's right. It's it's not just wish fulfilment. You actually have to do the hard yards. And uh, that's why, of course, the film industry is divided up into a whole range of different technical skills as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as well as um, money people who have to keep focused on the ball or nothing will happen. So yes, we're on the edge of an exciting frontier with the digital technologies, and uh, this year we're putting together a program on web series. Now, that's this right. Is very that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who've worked in the short film arena are now making pilots for web series, and they're kind of working outside the industry. And uh, one show in particular, the catering show, has been a huge hit. Yeah. Now that's the that's been picked up by the ABC, but that was made outside the industry. And uh, the, the kind of talents involved in that are people who are basically creating their own work. And that's the way it's always been with short filmmakers. You're creating your own work, and if you, if you fail, it doesn't really matter. It's only a short film. Pick yourself up and, and have another go. Whereas if you're lucky enough to make a feature film and you make a mess of it, you won't be invited back. You won't be invited back. But I must say that uh, you've got one of your um, partners because you—you—that's the thing you do. The longevity of your film festival and its growing yes. uh, ability. Uh, not only the uh, local council connection, uh, the uh, location connection, as in the suburb. <laughs> But also uh, the um, you've made connections with industry. You've made connections internationally. We'll get to that in a second. I'll just tell our audience that you're listening to Showreel with Annie, and we're talking to Paul Harris, who's the festival. Uh, St Kilda Film Festival director, if you've just tuned in, that's what we're doing. Uh, but you've also made a connection with some a group called Lean uh, Lean Productions. Is it yes. Lean Films? And uh, yes. I've spoken to a couple of different young filmmakers who have become very enthusiastic about this idea that they think has come from America, which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, stop waiting around, just pick up your camera and go out there and shoot. And I must say, this does actually feel like the 1980s revisited. Yeah, I think, I think there's a great spirit of adventure and innovation yeah, uh, which characterise, I think, the work of earlier decades, uh, and also uh, there, there, there's there's a feeling abroad that uh, we need to reinvent the, uh, the the film landscape. If you if you follow feature films, you've got film festivals now. You've got uh, theatres like the Nova and the the Brighton Bay, the Palace, the Art House, and you've got the uh, the the uh, the multiplexes with their uh, commercial diet. But for young filmmakers coming through, they might not see themselves as as really belonging to to either of those kind of um, streams. And uh, you know now we, we're seeing work online and uh, through various other content platforms. So the landscape is is, is changing radically, just as quickly as, as, as the technology that makes the films possible. Well, also, I mean, obviously, in the background is. Uh uh, uh, virtual reality, which is also similar. <laughs> I mean, you know, that yes, is I a visual medium. Hard to get my head around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's another. It's another be- being altogether. And if you if you go off to the uh, museum uh, at the moment, they've got the uh, uh, dinosaurs, which are also part of uh, visualizations. Uh, the people who yes. made those dinosaurs are actually the people who work with the BBC on. Um, Walking with dinosaurs. So dinosaurs, anyway, yes. the world is a big place for visualizations. Uh, and here's the, here's the here's the other challenge. 
filmmakers. We've never lived in a world like this where we're so spoiled for choice and we live in a very cluttered media landscape. Um, tonight I can watch uh, freeware TV or I can watch cable TV or I can go to any number of cinemas, I can watch films, I can download off a computer. There, there are just so many uh, entertainment options that people have. Therefore, if you're making a short film and you're not known to the public, and you're just starting out, you better make sure that you've got a singular vision that's going to stand out from the pack. Otherwise, you're going to get lost in the clutter. And hopefully, uh, that's what happens with festivals like ours, which are of specialised nature, give uh, filmmakers that opportunity to showcase their work and gradually develop their own audience. That's right. You're exactly correct. Um, The... I'm really interested in this uh, uh, filmmaker development calendar that you've got. Um, there's some of them, some of the uh, streams. Are you still there? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're free, but uh, some of them that are much more focused on for filmmakers, uh, you have to book. While then there's other ones that uh, the general public can go to to learn more about how a film is made. Can you well, talk about this? Yes, I think all of them are free of charge. They're all free, but... But some of them we urge people to book because they're very specialised nature and there's only small numbers can be accommodated. But it's it's happening on Saturday the 21st of May. It's a full day of panels and workshops and uh, film experts, filmmakers will be in attendance from the, the, the mainstream industry, but also from government bodies and from the guilds and associations. So it's one-stop shopping if you're interested in making short films, how to develop a script. Uh, Sean Miller, who's a, a film lawyer, will take you through the legals of pre- and post-production. Then there's specialist workshops on film and sound editing, cinematography, composing, uh, crowdfunding. As I mentioned, we're talking about uh, web series as well. And there's forums through throughout the week, they're all free of charge. People are going to be there, like, as I mentioned, uh, Sue Maslin, uh, Oscar-winning animator Adam Elliott, uh, the actor Damon Walsh Howling, who's also directed shorts, and they're only too willing to give their time to try and impart their knowledge and experiences and and pass it on to uh, uh, filmmakers and interested members of the public. I like the um, notion that uh, you even uh, force filmmakers or potential filmmakers into a uh, a pitching it's almost like a victorian um uh victorian ga- you know uh, uh parlor game where they have yes, to pitch yes. <laughs> no you can, no fear is allowed that you've got a whole session no, well, on this this gets back to this idea of um, you've got to go out and uh, sell yourself. That doesn't mean you have to prostitute yourself, but you basically have to um, not hide your talents under a bushel. And uh, you, you are working in a commercial environment. Even if you're making a very low-budget film, you need to hire equipment. You need to hire people. Um, even if you're not paying them, they're giving up their time, and that's a valuable resource. So it all, it all gets back to that, um, I, I guess, uh, demarcation of the various labours that go into making a film from uh, the script development through the shooting up to the post-production and the eventual uh, release of the the project. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, And then there's this last element that I noticed that you've actually put into the program, which is this uh, connection that you've made with overseas uh, groups, uh, which is it's always been a very important thing for people who live in a 
a country like Australia, but I mean obviously any other country as well, to become aware of what's going on outside their own local borders. And of course, I know people can go and seek these things out for themselves, but you've actually made connections with the Palm Springs Short Fest, which is not just a festival, but also a marketplace. Can you explain that? Yes. Uh, well, the, the, the reason it's a marketplace is because Palm Springs is, um, I think it's a similar distance, say, from Melbourne to Ballarat as it is from Los Angeles to Palm Springs, which is a resort. And uh, a lot of the uh, people from the film industry in uh, Hollywood attend Palm Springs and they're, they're looking for talent. And uh, we're also uh, involved with Palm Springs, which is our sister festival. And uh, with that relationship, we actually put together a program of films which we send over to Palm Springs to play there and of course this is a fantastic exposure uh, for local filmmakers. And they've brought a program for us here this year. This is the third year that they've done uh, it. Yes, yes. And, uh, th- 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 this is very important. Again, it's, 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 it's getting your work seen before the public. And when you've got the opportunity not only to get your see your film shown locally, but nationally, we have a tour that goes around uh, after the festival, but internationally as well. Uh, how did that happen? I mean, did you just get a ticket and go there or did you ring them up or what did you do, practically speaking? Um, no, we, 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 we contacted uh, uh, Palm Springs and uh, uh, one of our staff went over there and uh, uh, then last year uh, one of the uh, directors of the, the festival came out to Australia was very impressed with what we were doing. We, we put together programs of the best of Palm Springs and we're doing that again this year, incidentally. And uh, so it's just developed in that fashion. We've got a lot of relationships with... Uh, international festivals. The first year I was running the festival, uh, we had the director of Sundance come out to the festival and since then we've had uh, uh, Clément Ferrand which is uh, uh, one of the most important film festivals in Europe a French festival and also South by Southwest in Austin, Texas so St Kilda is becoming known on the the international stage. Well, you're a trendsetter. Well, you said that, and I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we, well, yeah. we do like to think we've, we, 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 we're not sitting on our laurels and, and we're trying to get the word out as much as we can. And there's a lot of goodwill. Everybody loves short filmmakers because they, uh, I think within the industry, the, the people now who've established careers look back with some uh, uh, nostalgia for when they were making short films. Like I know filmmakers like Vin Vendors and David Lynch look back very nostalgically because when they started off uh, making short films, in fact, they still make short films occasionally in between feature projects, they remember that when they were making shorts, no one took them seriously, so they were able to work without any uh, interference. There weren't big budgets, so they didn't have producers or investors screaming at them, and as a result, they had a kind of creative freedom that as your budgets increase, uh, the pressure increases. So short films are, are kind of, they, they offer you a lot of freedom. The only, uh, I always say this, the only setback in a short film might be poverty of budget, but it's not poverty of imagination. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then the last thing is Fandor. Tell us about Fandor. 
Fandor is an amazing organisation founded by a guy called Jonathan Marlowe in uh, San Francisco. And Fandor are involved in the uh, uh, the distribution of independent film. Um, they actually have a huge library of films, uh, feature films and shorts. And uh, Jonathan Marlowe, who's the head of uh, Fandor, is, is coming out to the festival to be uh, a guest with us. The organisation, Fandor, was, was uh, launched in 2010. The easiest way to describe it, if you live in America, it's like a subscription uh, film service and social sharing platform. It's a bit like a, a Netflix or a Foxtel, but the difference is it specialises in independent and international films, not the Hollywood variety. And Jonathan is the chief content officer. He's coming out here and he's also hoping to meet as many filmmakers as he can. And he's interested in actually acquiring material for uh, his company. And I wouldn't be surprised if Fandor uh, was interested in actually uh, offering its services commercially within Australia. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great. Yeah, what a great intersection between art and business. Uh, they've got, I mean, I saw the, the release and it says that they've got films from 1895. Fantastic. Yes, yes. Well, this is the other thing, like, uh, you know, the, the commercial considerations which dominates cable services. I mean, I'm, I love old movies, and uh, um, when I subscribed to cable, I found out even the, the, the stations that specialised in films, their idea of an old movie was something made back in 1990. Yeah, I know. Uh, there is so much material out there you can't see, and this is where people like Fandor uh, are very important, and you can see films from around the world. You can see the work of filmmakers like uh, Kurosawa and John Huston, uh, Charlie Chaplin, going back to the, the, the the, the solid era. Yeah, just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I mean, just recently I went off and got to see uh, at the Nova, they've got uh, David Stratton's retrospective on English films, all the wonderful yep. English films. And uh, they've got, I saw The Lady Killers and uh, The Prime of uh, Miss Jean Brodie. Jean Brodie. Oh my yeah, God, what films. Film. Just, they're just great yeah. films. And, and the way they make them would are different. They had other ideas about how a story was told. Fantastic films, absolutely fantastic. And the no no waiting around, you're straight into the film. <laughs> it's, you know, it's sort of like uh, you don't put your foot, foot into uh, the sea to see if it's cold. No, straight in. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and telling us well, about thanks, this year. Thanks for your interest, Annie, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on opening night. Yeah, you certainly will, with my tiara on. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) See you, mate. Cheers. Bye. Now, St Kilda Film Festival is, starts on May the 19th and, of course, there's the gala uh, uh, opening at the Palais, which you can buy a ticket for, and then there's the uh, program of uh, 100 Best Shorts in Australia, as uh, decided by Paul Harris. And uh, then, of course... Amongst all that are the wonderful forums, workshops and couch conversations. Now, go to the website, just look up St Kilda Film Festival official uh, official website and you will get all the information about how you can uh, buy a ticket, uh, any of those sorts of things, and uh, you can peruse the program to your heart's content. Yeah, that's right. You're on uh, Showreel with Annie and... uh, We were back in Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tale.
My name's Molly Reynolds and I make documentaries like Another Country and I support 3CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. Now, Molly Reynolds, the news out for the film that uh, she's made, the documentary Another Country, is that it has been chosen to be screened as part of Khan's uh, Cinema Files, one of four sidebar sections of the festival, along with Critics Week and Directors Fortnight in the cinema De Antipodie being French, um, and it's a standalone program which has been put together. And uh, her film, uh, which is at the moment uh, off in Toronto with uh, the Hot Docs, which is... Uh, um, no, no, she's offered oh, Hot Docs. It's the biggest uh, documentary film um, festival thing in America and uh, probably in the world, really. And uh, that uh, another country is uh, on out there at at the moment, so it's all very exciting for another country. I should get out of here because uh, published or not is uh, ready to come in. Um, I will find something interesting for you to listen to before I run away. Let's see. Ah, here we go. Th- through this town, Mia Dyson, always good for a laugh. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.